Welcome to Good Enough Creative, a podcast for creative people. Hello, friends. Welcome to this bonus episode. I'm your host, Marie Green, and I am really looking forward to today's topic. But first, thank you so much for being a subscriber for these extra episodes. I really appreciate you and your support so much. So I've been thinking a lot about permission, about how we enter the creative landscape and how we find our place here as we grow older and we're sort of faced with all these mixed messages and different signals from the world around us. So we're talking about creative permission. Are we waiting for it? Where does it come from? And how does it get in our way? So I want to start by asking you a question. Who introduced you to your first memorable creative experience? I mean, I think we're inherently creative. I think it's part of our DNA that we come out of the womb with creativity built right in. It's how we solve problems. But I mean, more of sort of like your structured art experience. What do you remember? Was it a school play? Was it a teacher who told you that your story had potential? What do you recall? Like, what are those early memories about creativity? What do you remember? I was talking to a friend of mine who said that she learned to knit around the age of eight. She was taught by her mother, and she grew up in a creative home, a home filled with art. Her mother was an artist. It was just part of their life. And I think that permission was woven into the tapestry of her childhood. Being creative and colorful and artistic was encouraged. And even now, she lives a very rich creative life. But not all of us do. Some of us struggle to make room for it because it feels indulgent. Maybe it wasn't encouraged at home, or maybe it was encouraged when you were young, but not so much as you got older. I think back to my own first creative endeavors. I was a notebook scribbler. I drew pictures. I wrote stories. I did a lot of handiwork and creative things. I remember experimenting in the kitchen. There was a certain Rice Krispie dandelion egg experiment that we don't need to talk about. I still so vividly remember it, though. But I specifically remember one of the first sort of maker experiences I had was when I was about five. I remember I was wearing a pink robe that really sticks out in my mind. And my mother had given me a little bit of sewing that I could do by hand. It was just this little piece of cloth, but I was so proud of my tiny, even little stitches right up until I realized that I had accidentally sewn it right to the fabric of my pink robe. The only thing I could do was cut it off and all of those painstaking little stitches were gone. And now that I think about it, I'm not sure why we didn't just turn it into a patch on the robe, but I think I had something different in my mind and I was so crushed. And while that very first memory of being a maker wasn't necessarily the best one, what I remember is that someone in a position of authority gave me permission. She not only gave me the supplies, but she showed me what to do and gave me the opportunity to sit and do it. Here, take this, go sit and go work on this for a while. So think back to your own first creative memories. What do you remember? Who was there? Did someone show you? Did someone give you supplies? Was there someone in your life, maybe in a position of authority or influence, who maybe to some degree gave you permission? I don't know that we really think of it that way when we're children, but as we get older and we start to live these busy lives filled with work and dishes and family and bills and taxes and all the things, I think we no longer have anyone in our lives to say, hey, you go sit down. You should draw for a while. Here's some paper. Here's some frosting. Go decorate some cookies. Here's a scoop. Go make a sandcastle. 
I mean, as grownups, no one's going to hand us that scoop and say, here, step away from the stressful project you're trying to finish for work. Take a break from the deadline. Don't answer or even read another one of those grouchy emails, at least not tonight. Here, take this. Go make something. And I think that's where we're going wrong as a society. Honestly, I think we spend so much time doing the things that tick boxes, but that don't really matter in the actual fabric of our lives. And we don't spend enough time doing those things that help us to get to know ourselves and express who we are and share that part of ourselves with those around us. And while I guess you could suggest that knitting a sweater or sewing a quilt doesn't really matter that much in the landscape of your life, what I've learned is that while I'm knitting, I'm thinking about the people that I love. I'm working through the problems that are worrying me. I'm listening to someone tell me what's on their mind. I channel the thoughts and the worries and the ideas into stitches. It's how I solve problems. It's how I figure out where I'm going next or how I'm going to navigate around the difficult things that are in front of me. And I turn that into stitches or into bouquets of flowers or paintings or poems or quilts or whatever it is. And you're probably doing the same when you spend that creative time, but we hardly ever think of it that way. We don't always see creativity as productive if we're not making a completed project. But I would say being creative is productive anyway, even if there's not a product at the end. We so desperately need to give ourselves that time to channel the remains of the day into art. We need to exercise our creative muscles just as much as we need to work our physical muscles. But no one is handing that time to us. No one's going to say, hey, you definitely need to spend a half hour being creative today. You need to go practice some interpretive dance right now. And so we need to shift our own paradigms about what creative time means and why it matters. And then it matters enough to warrant giving yourself that permission and also giving that permission to the other people in your life. As I was working on this episode, I began to think about the reasons why we might not be giving ourselves permission for creativity. I mean, I know why I sometimes struggle with it, but I thought, I wonder if there's an ongoing conversation out there about this. So I googled, why don't we give ourselves permission to be creative? And I ran into a TED Talk that I didn't even know existed by actor Ethan Hawke. And he literally focuses on this exact topic. And he said, most of us don't give ourselves permission because we don't think that what we're making is good. Oof, I feel that. Raise your hand. Well, maybe not if you're listening while you're driving in rush hour traffic, but raise your hand if that resonates. Do you ever feel like you can't give yourself that permission or that time because it's not really going to result in anything that great? I mean, I get that, especially right now with the things I'm not proficient at. I mean, I can give myself permission to knit because I know it'll be good, but I have a harder time making space for the things that I know I'm not very good at. Except if I want to get better, I'm going to have to spend the time. So do we have to be good at it for it to matter? Does it have to be good in order to justify giving ourselves permission? No, absolutely not. It's the opportunity to express yourself that is important, whether it's beautiful or not. It makes absolutely no difference what other people think about it. It's the process and it's how you feel while you're in that process that matters. Ethan Hawke goes on to say that he thinks we're here on this planet to help each other, but first, We have to survive and then we have to thrive. 
and to thrive is to be part of that creative process. We experience creativity alone, but we also experience it together. It can connect us. It can influence us. It can change our minds and it can help us heal. Have you ever heard of art therapy? It's a thing. And so is music therapy, but we don't have to wait until it's prescribed. We're the adults in the room. We are the people of influence. We are giving ourselves permission. And here's the real clincher. When you give yourself permission to be creative and you nurture that part of yourself, you are also giving that life-saving healing permission to the other people in your life. It's so much more important than we give it credit for. Please don't wait until you can produce something great. That doesn't matter. Please don't hold back because it seems like a waste of time. It's not. Your joy is every bit as important and powerful as any artist, maker, singer, dancer, poet, or seamstress who ever lived. And when you give yourself permission, you make that space for others who may struggle to give it to themselves. Until next time, my friend, you've got this. (laughs) 